This is Culture Communication and Brand Moments with Shelby Joe Long, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant people on the planet, hear their stories, and get the most important business lessons they have learned on their road to success, and get exclusive advice on how to implement their success into your life and business. Culture Communication and Brand Moments is brought to you by the Strategic Advisor Board and your host, Shelby Joe Long. Hi, everyone. Shelby Joe Long here with the Genius Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm CEO of Business Dynamics and Senior Vice President of the Strategic Advisor Board. And I love using this podcast to talk to people who have created businesses out of their own genius, out of their own expertise, to not only inspire you listeners to think about your expertise and your genius in a different way, but to show us how we can really create a business out of our passion. Today, I have the opportunity to talk with someone. We have a few connections. We're both here in Billings, Montana, and we've had some connections before in the education space, and I'm excited to explore a little bit more about his business. Danny Dessen with Montana Peak Performance is here today to talk about his new business in sports psychology. So, Danny, welcome to the podcast. I'm excited that you're here today to tell us about your your job. Thank you. I'm excited as well. Yeah. So Danny, why don't you just give us the give us the overview of what you do in your business and what you what you your goals are for your business? Sure. Um, <clears throat> like you said, I work in sports psychology. So uh, I got a few de- degrees to get here. Um, yeah. The last one in uh, in particular was a doctorate in sport and performance psychology. So um, this has been a passion of mine for quite a while. But what I'd like what I like to do is, is work with athletes ranging from, you know, 10 years old all the way through collegiate athletes, a few even beyond collegiate athletes. And uh, in the world of sports psychology, we're mainly focused on. Uh, well, at least I am focused on performance enhancement, uh, using stu- tools and strategies to um, enhance performance, enhance well-being while in athletics. Um, Athletes are generally my focus. You know, um, I, I was a previous athlete myself. And um, so that's where I, I kind of gravitated gravitated toward was, was athletes. My objectives in, in the long run are to meet and influence as many athletes as possible, as many teams as possible. And, uh, you know, to spread good messages, to have more kids play sports when they're younger. Uh, there, there's a wide variety of things that I'd like to do that um, – you know, I'm, I feel like I'm just at the beginning of this and I feel like I could uh, take it, you know, to, to new heights. Right. There's so many opportunities with that. I know that you have done work with even my own daughter's soccer team. <clears throat> my daughter is 10. And so I know that you've worked with them. But is is that where you want to focus or do you? And I want to hear more about your collegiate experience, too, because you were a collegiate athlete in a, in a few different places. So you have a deep understanding of those challenges and the, especially with student athletes of where, where they're at and all the things that they're juggling. Can you talk a little bit about that? Like where, talk about your background and where you, the main things that you focus on in your sports psychology. So to give the longer story, I guess, um, I read a book when I was in high school and it was a, you know, a novel fictional story about a golfer, Seven Days in Utopia is the name of the book. 
And he goes through a journey of struggling, you know, mightily with his game and um, his satisfaction. And then over time, he meets a mentor and, and they go through a process of, you know, improving himself. And by the end of the book, he's a different person. And I look at about the author afterward, and it's written by Dr. David Cook, who's in sports psychology. And I thought, wow, I've never heard that before. And so I send him an email. He gets right back to me uh, about, you know, if I wanted to get into sports psychology, this is what you got to do. So at that point, I was pretty bought in. <clears throat> I was just a high schooler, but I felt this was kind of my pathway. And um, fast forward, I was a decent athlete. I, I wasn't, you know, I maybe underperformed a little bit, but I played college basketball, uh, redshirted a year at Montana State and walked on. <clears throat> and then I transferred to MSU Billings, which is, you know, just down the road from, from, my, uh, from my house when I was, a, when I was younger. And, um, and, you know, basketball for a long time was kind of an escape for me, something that I wanted to do, I could pour myself into. And eventually, even though I knew about sports psychology, and I knew, um, you know, the basic themes behind it, I wasn't really practicing it, um, you know, myself. So I eventually got burnt out. I let multiple things, a variety of things affect me emotionally you know, affected my sleep, affected the way I ate. Uh, I'm sure that my family members that, that were around me at the same time at that time could say the same thing. And I started looking to other things, not unhealthy things, but just other things to kind of escape from the, the fact that sport had become my job. Right. And, um, and then afterward, I changed my relationship with the game. A few years down the road, I started going to graduate school. I start coaching basketball again and my relationship changes, you know, drastically back to what I think it should have been the whole time. <clears throat> well, my hope for that. And I, I think the reason behind me experiencing that in college and underperforming myself was so that I could hopefully influence performance for other people. Um, and, and not particularly go down that same mental path that I went down not put so much importance on, you know, scoring or, or succeeding, making shots, winning games, whatever. And more so on being mentally well overall and, um, and then letting that affect performance. So that's a big part of, of why I do what I do. The population, I'm lucky enough to work with those people at MSUB. And this is my alma mater, you know, that uh, those, those athletes and teams, they've been absolutely great for me. They, uh, I have great relationships with some, of, with some of those athletes and coaches and teams, and I hope to continue that for years to come. But um, I, I, like, uh, I, I like to focus on the wide right. uh, variety of athletes as well. Like you said, your 10-year-old daughter's soccer team. And the great thing about this is that I get to talk about different, you know, components of the game. I'm talking uh, to 10-year-olds about something different than I would talk with college athletes about. So right. I get a nice variety. But at the same time, it's preparing them for the, the moments when maybe, you know, in high school, college, when the pressure starts building up a little bit more, they can deal with those moments a little bit easier because they, they, have, that, they have that background. They have that background of knowledge. Um, but I enjoy really all, all levels, to be honest with you. Um, yeah. 
but yeah, the, the technical, but I get to tag along with teams, even the 10 year old soccer team. I get to t- keep tabs on how they're doing, whether they're winning tournaments, that kind of thing. That brings me joy in itself just to be collaborating with a little, a small group of people and watch them go through a season, evolve through a season. Sure. I, gosh, a few things kind of stick out to me. I love the book, the book reference. We'll have to be sure to put that in the, put that in it's the a movie notes. too. It, what's it called again? Seven days in utopia. Seven days in utopia. And, and, and Dr. Cook, I've been, I've been lucky to be in contact with him. So, um, throughout, he was my mentor through all my certification hours and, um, yeah, he's an absolutely great person. I think that's great. I love it. I love the story that you like read it and you reached out to him and then he became your mentor. I think that's so, that's such a fun story. And the other thing I think that shows too, is that like having a mentor to guide you through those challenging times, especially when you're a student athlete and, you know, I, my 10 year old daughter and her soccer team, yes, that is a challenge because she has school and she has other things, other activities that she's doing, but it's, preparing you for the challenges of being a student athlete when it becomes and when and if it becomes more part of your life. You know, I work at the work at Rocky Mountain College where there's, you know, 50% of the students there are athletes and it's a big balance game. And it's and I don't know if everybody is quite prepared for what a balance it is because you have practice every day for multiple hours. You have tournaments on weekends that take away your whole weekends. And and you have to balance that with being a, a student and succeeding and also balance that with, you know, your social life and your and be not and I think not being meant maybe mentally prepared to deal with all those challenges. And having someone like you being a mentor is I think is so important. Thank you. Yeah. And that's something that um it's difficult because it's, it obviously you got to put a little pride down to want to talk to someone in the first place, given the stigma around psychology. And, um, I I wasn't able to do that when I was in college and I didn't have anybody easily accessible, I guess, within athletic program that, um, I could really pour myself into, you know, um, you know, uh, you know, speak to about those things that I was struggling with. So that's what I want to be for people. Yeah. And I think, you know, the the student athlete in college is probably not going to seek out a sports psychologist, but having you as a part of a program, as a part of the team, I think is something that is that is a that can really be beneficial because then you're trusted and you're part of the fabric. And I think that's just a really important piece. So, yeah. And being involved with teams. And I mean, the other it's it's very personal you know, to be able to open your and open yourself up and talk about those challenges it is personal. So I think mm-hmm. that's a, an important, important role to fulfill for sure. Thank you. So let's talk a little bit more about what, I guess, what do you think are some of the biggest challenges that oh. athletes have that they don't necessarily talk about? Maybe open, open our listeners eyes to, because quite honestly, a lot of things that you talk about with mental blocks and, and being involved, you know, your sports is your job. I I see a lot of those similar things with people in their jobs and careers and entrepreneurs that pour themselves into their jobs. And then the other parts of their lives aren't necessarily balanced. So I think there's a, 
there's a big piece of that, a lot of connection there because it does have to do with performance. So mm-hmm. what are some of those, what are some of those challenges that you see? So at that college level, the, the student athlete balance is definitely one of the big ones. Um, at the smaller level that, that lots of people deal with, you know, uh, performance anxiety, I'm focused on the performance realm, you know, certified mental performance consultant. I'm not a licensed counselor, so you have to stay within those bounds, but performance anxiety is something that runs the gamut all the way from young kids, all the way through to, to, uh, older athletes. And the triggers are always, maybe they're similar, but they're always a little bit different. Uh, they're always unique in some sort of way and, um, building up habits over time. Um, Another difficult, uh, you know, uh, what I'm working with a lot of young people on, especially is goal setting, proper goal setting. And because we've been we've been taught to goal set particular a particular way for a long time, which is not particularly helpful based on a lot of recent studies and how process goals are the most important thing. And I have to we're, we're teaching that on a regular basis. But um, I think really from that whole population, the professionalization of sport, of youth sport, and the pressure surrounding young kids who play sports, and the the fact that we have lots of kids quitting sports at a younger and younger age than than they used to, um, it's kind of ironic because I'm I'm working in performance, but at the same time, the main component of what I'm doing is trying to convince athletes that you are a bigger person outside of your sport. You know, the sport you play is just a small piece of your identity and you bring your identity into your athletics. It doesn't need to always be 100% attached. So, um, but that helps in performance at the same time. So, you know, um, that's that pressure from coaches, pressure from parents, you know, just overall pressure, lots of sports going on at the same time so many sports going on over the course of a year, a lot of it just get, gets built up and young athletes don't always, you know, respond to difficult situations the way that they should. And sure. so that's, that's generally what I'm helping with. Gosh, that's uh, that just, there's so many, so many connections with just entrepreneurs and business. One thing I want to ask about, dig a little bit deeper on that. We talk about, you talked about goals and how that goal setting and, how, you know, setting those goals to win and performance goals are different than process goals. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit more about that and what difference that is and what that, what difference that makes? Yeah, it makes a world of difference. So I like to characterize it. I might, you know, change these terms eventually along, along the line, but kind of uh, characterize it as a funnel, funnel goals. So it's okay to have the outcome goal of, let's say for a student athlete, um, I want to be an all-conference, all-state player, right? And this may be set during the season, beginning of, you know, being in their career and they could build to it, whatever. Just having that alone isn't really going to do much for them. It may, you know, be in the back of their mind every once in a while. They may see it on a piece of paper every once in a while, but it's not going to be continually that in the present moment. So. Sure. The funnel goals are small things that they can do weekly, the process goals. And uh, the characterization is every time you, you know, 
accomplished one of your goals or you work towards one of your goals, as challenging as it may be, you're putting a drop in that funnel. There's a plug in the bottom of it. And eventually, if you put enough drops in that funnel and you stay in the present moment, enjoying the process goals that you're accomplishing, then at the end, you get to reap the benefits, pull the plug, all these process goals start to flow out. Um, and that's, that's a very difficult thing for people to do, to stay in the present moment and sure. you know, go week by week. And it may feel mundane, it may feel unimportant, but all of these things, as long as they're framed and, and the goals are set in the right way, they're all leading to a certain outcome without the outcome even needing to be thought about. Uh, I heard a good representation of, of this as, as bamboo. Bamboo is, doesn't break ground for five years after the seed and when the seed goes into the ground. But once it does, within five weeks, it grows hundreds of feet. So I may be wrong about some of these numbers, but <laughs> the idea is that all the work happens underground. All the work happens in quiet. Uh, I like to talk about the man in the arena, which is the quote behind me right now. But all that work happens in the background. And then when when the time actually comes, that's when, uh, when the results just happen for themselves, whatever's meant to be. Right. That you put the foundational work in to be able to discover, to be able to reap the benefits later. But it's hard to do that in the beginning. I, this is entrepreneurship, too. <laughs> Is that we have these small, th that, yes, we want to have a six, seven figure business in a year and we can do that. And that's our goal, but you've got to take the steps to lay the foundation to get there and develop those habits and routines to be able to transform your own life and to be able to transform the way that you operate. I think that it's, that it's, there's so many similarities in all of that because it is performance related in your experience working with with kids and working with students what's the what's the biggest source of performance anxiety do you think there's a source to that or do you think there's a is it deeper than just i get you know performing in front of my fans and my family and is there have you ever delved into that and see what's the deeper part of that um a, a professor of mine gave us, uh, Dr. McCutcheon, he gave us a, a list of performance fears, the 10 fears that student athletes can have, you know, athletes in general. And um, they apply very well to a lot of different people. And I would say the, the most prevalent fears are going to be fear of failure, uh, fear of judgment, fear of, well, embarrassment. and um, those things generally lead to difficulty down the line if they're not addressed at an early age. You know, this kind of goes into a little bit of a motor learning aspect, but an athlete that at a young age is not given freedom to learn the skills and is being told and coached every single play on what they're supposed to do, every single trial on what they're supposed to be doing, you know, being modeled all the time without having the freedom to kind of make their own mistakes, figure out what, what might be best. Uh, now that athlete is the one that misses a shot in the game and looks over their shoulder or looks up to, at the sideline to see where their parents are, looks at the coach to see if they, uh, you know, if there's some sort of disapproval going on, uh, because it's, it's built into them. So the freedom to, to play, uh, unencumbered by those things 
that's a skill that uh, that has to be developed over time. And sometimes a habit, the habits have to be broken in order for that to actually happen. Absolutely. I feel <laughs> just listening to you talk about those fears. I feel like I'm in my public speaking class <laughs> because there's a lot of that too with the performance anxiety and you're speaking in front of an audience, your fear of judgment, your fear of failure, your fear of the perfectionism that we have in our heads of how we vision envision things and that we don't necessarily get there. Mm-hmm. And all of those things are tied together, which is why I think there's so much crossover between your work and working with student athletes and, and working with with entrepreneurs. I'm excited to talk with you more about how to engage those ideas. And because I think that has some real potential in the corporate world, especially understanding that the roots of it are in uh, where you and the best match for your brand is definitely talking to student athletes. But there's there's a lot of similarities across the board. So sure. that's fun. Well, Danny, what's next for you? Tell us more about what's next for your business. What are you looking to accomplish right now? Who do you want to work with? Um, I'm working on trying to work with Olympic athletes. That's that's kind of my next focus. I uh, I'm waiting on approval to be in the U.S. OPC um, Sports Psychology Registry, which will hopefully help me get you know some referrals to Olympic athletes my way. That's kind of my next step in as far as the certifications in the sports psychology world go. But then. Eventually, uh, you know, down the line, especially in in Billings here, I'd like to influence as many athletes as possible, whether that means having, uh, you know, sports camps related to different sports, different mental components within sports, talking to parents, talking to coaches and a mask, you know, a lot of a lot of coaches together, um, delving into different areas performance. That's kind of why I named the business the way I did. Yeah. So I can maybe get into some sports specific things, you know, maybe not, I'm not like hundred percent skilled in all of these things, but I think that uh, there's a, there's a space for that in Billings. Absolutely. And um, yeah, right now I'm, I'm, I'm focused more locally than I am anything else. Uh, just trying to get my name out there, have conversations with as many people as possible that are interested in, sports psychology that's that that's one of the things from the very beginning that's been a little bit difficult is basically it's been an education component um what is sports psychology not a lot of people actually know what it is i figured from the very beginning it was going to be like all right this can take off it doesn't it doesn't happen that way because uh sports psychology here in in montana is just not a a very uh prevalent thing so that's been a big component of what I've been doing and I'll continue to do it as much as I can to make this, make this happen and influence as many athletes as possible. Yeah. There's a, there's an education piece for sure for your, your specialty. And and I think that's in Montana. Yes. But it's also, it's also, it's not a newer concept, but it's something that, that I know coaches are starting to really pay attention to is the mental health of their athletes. And I think it's mental health of athletes, but it's students. There's, there's lots of opportunity for that. So yeah, there's an education piece to it too, which is why I'm excited you came on this interview today. So you could educate us a little bit about what you do. So yeah, that's a big piece of it too. 
Well, Danny, this was really a great conversation. Can you let can you let our audiences know where to find you to get a hold of you if they're interested in your services? Best place to go is to mtpeakperformance.com. Uh, even if you Google search, you know, Montana Peak Performance or Sports Psychology, Billings, Montana, I'm sure that's you'll you'll probably find me. Um, there's a contact form on the bottom of that. Other ways to do it, uh, if you like going through Facebook, I have a Montana Peak Performance Facebook page. Um, I'm at Danny Desson on Twitter, so reach out to me on there as well. With any questions or or any interest or anything, um, love to chat with people about sports psychology. Yeah, for sure. Well, I look forward to our future conversations. I'll make sure all of that contact information is included in the podcast uh, site and YouTube channel that it'll be posted on, but it's, this has been a great conversation. And I, and for listeners out there, this is, I loved how we hear the story about how Danny was inspired by a book that he read and somebody that he talked to and, and he, he sought him out and became a mentor. And that's a true passion and intuition that created his business. And I'm just excited to hear that the business is developing and growing. And there's so many opportunities. The Olympic athlete opportunity is really exciting. There's, it's going to be going to be a big year for you, I think. So I'm excited about all those things. Yes. (laughs) And I'm excited to, to continue talking to you about how to instill these principles and, and maybe even get into the corporate arena too. So yeah, I'm excited about that as well. Yeah, that'll be fun. Well, Danny, thank you again for showing up to the podcast and listeners. I'll talk to you next time when we talk to another genius entrepreneur that is inspired by their intuition and created a business out of their genius. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Culture, Communication, and Brand Moments with your host, Shelby Jill Long. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates, and we will see you on the next episode.